good helper, Mr. Pickle. I let you. Hey, get in here. Dallas is about to start. Welcome to the Ewing Barbecue, where rich people think they can get babies instantly. My name is Mary. And I'm Sarah. I'm your baby broker, Josh, here. And I'm Melanie, and I have nothing witty to say. Okay, I'm going to set a quick shout-out. Thank you to our Patreon supporters. Brendan Fillick, Captain America, Sheen Pye, Lauren Bernheim, Anita Wren, Kristen Carlano, and our newest Patreon supporter, Brad Mulholland. Yay! Thank you, Brad. Sylvester. He's been our supporter for a little I, while. Yeah. But I was not able – we have been off for a few weeks because I got the COVID plague. So uh, thank you, Brad. We ha- You've been our supporter when we were not recording. So thank you. Yes. And we are going to try to keep that. And for the record, I carried the coronavirus, but I did not have any symptoms. I'm glad that you're Uh, lucky. Yes. To all those that catch it and have it with symptoms, our thoughts are with all of you. Get get well quickly. We're going to try to keep that extra content coming, too, for our Patreon people. I read a whole chapter the other night and then freaking realized that we had already read it. So I read another one. It was fun. (laughs) <laughs> and I saved my, I found some of my old notes and I saved my notes from tonight. So I'll have notes. Too. What, what chapter are we on? Cause I want to read the previous chapters to catch up so that when I read a chapter, I I'm have not a, completely out of the loop. I think that we've recorded six chapters. I have a bookmark at seven, starting at seven. That's what I said. I think the last okay. email I saw was, or text was seven. Okay. So I'm going to read those other chapters so that I am current when I, okay. although I do like our group reads. I do too. Yesterday, we were recording on June 14th, Flag Day. Uh, June 13th was the 10th anniversary of the series premiere of the TNT Dallas. Yeah, that's so hard to oh, believe. Wow. I know. We just had a comment today that it's one of our normal people. I forgot who it was. And they're like, this show is absolutely ridiculous. That's all they said. And I was like, was, <laughs> I mean, I really liked it, but they, we do this all the time. But I really liked it, but it could have gone a lot better. That's all I'm going to say about it. Yeah, I, I feel like it's half and half, and I feel like they were just finding their groove. They were. As they were canceled. They were. But that's how every show is now. They give them like more cheesy, but right. oh, not the right mm-hmm. things. Yeah. So, yeah. Anyway. And unfortunately, it came down to a change in the head of the network. True. That was not a Dallas person, while the previous head was oh. a Dallas person. Oh, and oh I didn't know that. Well, it was Gary Snyder. Yep. He said, this series was a ridiculous joke. I think it's hard when you're trying to bounce off of I am established franchise, you know. It's it's even with a spin-off or a reboot, it's just you always gotta try to live up to that old and it's not always it's hard. It's hard. I don't envy them. It is hard, mostly, right. you know, everything's different. But you but, know, getting actual facts right from the original series would have really helped it a lot. Was that? Just saying. <laughs> That's all I'm asking, really. They did stay true to a, I don't want to spoil it, but a certain character actually died in 1989 uh, yes. after being sought I liked out and searched. That. And yes. JR's funeral, that was, that was Mm-mm-mm-mm. gold. That whole, oh, yes, God, that was great. But they were, right in the first season, I think it's the first season, they refer to an event that happens in 1981. And I'd like to say that we're currently in 1981, and that event does not happen in the series. I I did post yesterday, and uh, Jesse Metcalf actually shared my Instagram story uh, to remember the 10th anniversary. 
And awesome. today I just posted I just posted a link in our story uh, that Josh Henderson actually held a live Q&A on Instagram today and was taking questions from people. So I posted hmm. the link if people want to go and watch that. He did have some interesting things to say about Dallas. Cool. Some things some things is going on. Is it available to go um, just watch like anytime or is it was it just live? And unavailable now. It, it, it's it's doing something. It's doing something weird. But if you go to um, his Instagram page, it is up there as a actual thing that you can. Okay, so go to Josh Henderson's Instagram page. Okay, good to know. All right, birthdays. Birthdays. Derek McGrath was June fourth, uh, who played um, Oswald Valentine. Alexis Smith was would have been uh, June eighth. No, not Alexa. Quiet Alexa. <laughs> My Alexa started talking to me. <laughs> Andrew Stevens, born 1955, uh, June 10th. Uh, Lee Harrison, 1958. Her birthday was June 12th. On uh, Thursday of this week, June 16th, Joan Van Ark will be 79. Denon Simpson has a birthday on June 20th. Lee McCluskey is 67 on... June 21st, and Ted Shackelford has a 76th birthday on June 23rd. Cool. All done. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. All right. Yeehaw. Tonight, we are talking about Season 5, Episode 3, Episode 80 of the series, Showdown at San Angelo. How's John Ross? John Ross is fine, Mama. How's J.R. taking? Not too well, Mama. I think I made a mistake when I took John Ross to Sue Ellen. Oh, Mama, I want a baby so badly. I need him. J.R., what is it? It's Daddy. He's real upset. Well, what about? No matter what, he wants that boy back on South Fork. J.R., it would take an army to get your son off the Southern Cross. Well, maybe not an army. Maybe a Trojan horse. It was written by Leonard Katzman, directed by Irving J. Moore, aired October 23rd, 1981, and the week of October 23rd, 1981, the number one billboard hit in the U.S. was Arthur's Theme, The Best That You Can Do, by my personal personal favorite, Christopher Cross. You guys, I fucking love Christopher Cross. He's so good. Um, if you get lost the number one, between the moon and New York. Think of Laura. Um, the number one film in the U.S. was Silence of the North, another film I've never fucking heard of, starring Ellis, Ellen Bernstein and Tom Skerritt and directed by Alan Tom King. Skerritt's hot. The top. Tom's, like, Tom Skerritt. I've been watching yeah. him on... I've been watching him on uh, been watching him on, on Picket Fences on Hulu. You know what I always think of him in is the dad in Poison Ivy with Drew Barrymore. Oh my God, I forgot about that. <laughs> I love that movie. It's so good. Um, the top news stories for this week. The uh, Ninth U.S. Circuit Court of Appeals ruled that home videotaping of programs constituted a copyright violation. Damn that. Reversing a 1978 Sorry, a 1979 decision. The U.S. Supreme Court reversed the appeals court ruling later on January 17th, 1984. Um, the caller ID was patented. Um, the Spider, the first lunar module to be tested in outer space for docking with a lunar orbiter, 
fell out of orbit and burned up in the Earth's atmosphere. And Michael Fishman, um, who is a American child actor who played DJ Connor on Roseanne, was born. And, and still plays DJ Connor on Roseanne. Or on the Connors, That rather. is true. And on Dallas... This episode finished number four that week in the ratings. We had the first appearance Ooh. of the South Fork kitchen in the modern house. Unlike in the modern house, because I was going to say, they, they did have, in the in, first, second season, they had the kitchen, but different kitchen. Right, with uh, Ray, uh, not Ray, uh, Bobby and Gary and it's so small. down there episode in that really tiny kitchen. Yeah, and also the one where um, the episode... Old acquaintance where uh, Bobby, after he visited Jenna and he had, he stole Charlie's doll <laughs> and he was playing with it in the kitchen in that episode. But yeah, it's a different kitchen. I thought, I thought Pam kept the doll. Charlie's crazy psycho. You but know what? You're whoever. correct. Pam, Pam totally did steal it. It wasn't Bobby. Pam had a nightmare on this episode. She did. Yeah. That's weird. She did. And, um, Jared Martin enjoyed being able to work with Barbara Belgettis when she visited the Southern Cross and actually had an interesting um, story about her. She she came from the East, and they actually went to the same school in Putney, Vermont. And he remembers hearing about her and how felt that they had something in common, and Barbara was smart and cultivated. And he said that, he literally, uh, she was irreplaceable on Dallas, and as, and I quote Jared Martin, as Donna Reed found out several years later, he said that. And with Barbara, he said that she could dominate a scene by moving a teacup five inches across a counter or arching an eyebrow. And Barbara did say she did attend the school, the Putney School in Vermont, and confessed that she was expelled from the school at the age of 16 for kissing boys and was labeled a disturbing influence. <laughs> I knew I liked her. And she was amused that they were always making me play well-bred ladies when she says, I'm not that very well-bred and I'm not much of a lady. God damn, I wish I got to meet Barbara Bogettis. Oh my God. Mm. Babs, 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 Babs. Okay, so we open on the airport. Bobby, Ray, and Donna are picking up Ellie and Jock from the airport as they're returning home from their trip abroad. Except somebody fails to get off the airplane because they're not, they weren't on the airplane to begin with. True, because when they were in New York, um, they, Jock was approached by Dave Culver and someone from the Senate Department, or sorry, the State Department, and asked him to go to D.C. with them, which is... Like, how did they know they were there? Like, I have questions. <laughs> I have questions about that. But I also wonder, Donna seems to be always in cahoots with Dave Culver. Why doesn't she know why doesn't she know, why doesn't she about, know about it? I know. That is weird. Yeah. Yes. I actually rewound it because I was like, did they say Dave Culver? That's weird. I don't know. Yeah. I was looking and I, I almost rewound it yep. because I was like, did they, did they? Um, I, I thought it was fun that they had an airport scene and there was no cast change because that's usually where they have a cast change. That's where they could have recast Jock, have someone else come off the plane because that's what happens at the airport. It happened to well, Digger, it could have. happen to Jock. 
it can it can happen to anyone. Um, but then check. basically they just update Ellie on what everyone is doing and um, where everyone is. So he said Pam was at work. Is that what he said? Because I was like, Pam, what a bitch for not going to the airport. I think so. I think he said like Pam was busy. Yeah, because mm-hmm. she was later at the store, right? So yeah. But she can get off for every other thing in the world. She can she can leave at a drop of a hat. But she can yeah, leave at lunch like, and just go. Yeah, I was like, anyway, that was weird. That was weird that she just couldn't leave for that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then we cut to the Southern Cross, which I always think of that Crosby, Stills, Nash & Young song, Southern Cross, whenever I – I always think of Definitely. the ranch whenever Definitely. I hear that song. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For sure. And I always I always have this image of Clayton and Dusty just riding across the ranch as that song plays, <laughs> as their theme song. <laughs> nice, nice. But they return to the Southern Cross, and they're greeted by – it seems like an army of people, the driver, the maid – this person's taking baggage out. Dusty's hobbling out to the car there, waiting for them. But he's already out in the driveway. They didn't have Life 360 back then. How the fuck did he know she's about to pull up? That's what bothers me. Like, he's out <laughs> That's this true. Back. That's true. Like, where is she? Where is she? Oh, my God. Where is she? I was like, what is he doing? And then but she passes. It's a there. fancy fucking car. So I bet they have one of those brick car phones in the car. Uh, oh, yeah. Look, the back. And, and he, <laughs> he was probably pacing all morning, just waiting. And they, like, called the landline, and then he, like, as soon as he got the call, and she was, like, 15 minutes away, he walks out. He hobbles outside. It took him 15 minutes to get to the driveway. (laughs) I'm sorry. Cut that. (laughs) You set me up. Well, Sue Ellen, your boyfriend can come to you in my one mighty hobble. He's like, okay, 10, Mm. 9, 8. So she passes off John Ross, which is immediately, like, not even out of the car, and she hands him off. I know, I know. Hands, and this hands, is hands them off like a like a like a piece of luggage. Yeah. It's like, uh-huh, well, take uh-huh. him. She's like, he's got. He needs he's actual things done, like his take diaper him. changed. Yeah, <laughs> you take him. You deal uh, with it. He's had to shit the whole car he's, right here. Take him. <laughs> he's stripping down the legs. Oh, I tell you, I was feeding one of my nieces the other night, one of the twins, and she they've been having trouble pooping, and she was just. Letting it rip for five minutes in my arms, I could just feel the she had the vibrations out. of everything. It's called a blowout. And I had to keep I had to keep looking down to make sure it wasn't leaking out the side or anything. Like that. It usually <laughs> but, does. It happens. Where's Maria the maid? Take her. Take take, exactly. take the baby with John Ross. Here's John Ross. Exactly. Go change his diaper. <laughs> <laughs> we we found out Pat- Patricia blames Sue Ellen for Kristen's death. Right. Yeah, she's not taking it well. And it sounds like she's lashing I out. I was just going to say, yeah. lashing out. Yeah. She has yeah. two daughters. One if day. you hadn't left JR and you had been there, blah, blah, blah. And right. This right. wouldn't have happened and blah, blah, blah. And this is where um, she says the whole thing about Patricia having high hopes for them. <sighs> I was expecting her to burst into song singing high hopes. <laughs> she's got <laughs> high hopes. <laughs> Dallas, the musical coming to a screen near you. <sighs> Oh my god, that'd be amazing. And I feel like Sue Ellen just has like a lot of guilt and mourning to get through after this. Because she's like pretty deep in it right now. Because she wonders if there was anything she could have done yeah, to... Of course. But hindsight is always twenty twenty. You always question things after they happen. Right, and, and Kristen did some shit there that made her not want to maybe be there for her, so... He fucked her husband. Yep. Right, and got pregnant with his baby. I mean, like, he pretty much, I'm probably not going to send you a Christmas card after that. Right, no Christmas oh. cards. 
it, up the list. Excuse me. She tried to frame her sister for shooting that too. Him. Oh, that as well. That's probably that's the worst. worst. <laughs> Add that to the list. No birthday card <laughs> Um, but what makes this the you know what makes this all better? Hold me, Dusty. Just hold me. Oh, hold me. And then they start kissing passionately. They start and getting hot and heavy, and then. By the way, Linda Gray still looks like fire. She does. She looks beautiful. Oh, she looks like Always. a million bucks. Yeah, yeah. Passionately kiss with that dumb fucking music line <laughs> for a long time. Oh yeah, a long time. For a while. and it starts getting intense. That's because she like, she's oh, getting oh. excited. And then Dusty realizes his his danger noodle doesn't work. The note rope doesn't fly. I le- legitimately, <laughs> Josh, I write that in my notes. Danger noodle, wah, wah, wah. <laughs> right? And then there's that whole thing about, like, uh, she's like, I'm sorry, I got carried away. And then he's like, there's there's nothing I can do about it. And I'm like, ah, Dusty. Yes, there is. There's plenty you can do about it. Use your fucking imagination. You have... Many different appendages. You have many different things. There's toys you can get. There's a lot of things that can happen. Use your fucking Dusty, imagination. Do you, can you imagine Dusty, on TV? Dusty, do you, batteries are not just for flashlights, Dusty. Exactly. Exactly. There's, there's so many things that can happen. Um, and, and your damn ass. Yeah. Why don't you use one of your damn ass oh. to tie that shit up? Right. Yes. Can we? Yes. Can, can we? Can we keep track of the different number of different colors of ascots? We were going to, and I forgot, uh, and I didn't watch. Oh, damn it! Yeah, we should have. <laughs> but I mean, I'm going to tell you, he has a collection of them. I mean, like, oh yeah, a large collection. Mm-hmm. With probably different. We went through what, like three, th- at least three different colors on this episode. Probably. Yeah. Okay, so now it cuts to <sighs> Miss Ellie and Donna in the kitchen. Is that right? Yes. Yep. Yep. Um, and. The- this is our first shot of the kitchen. Yeah, we hang out a lot this episode. Is that, <laughs> the, is kitchen. that the kitchen that we know? That we like, Yeah, I feel like it's the one that we see for the most part. I mean, okay. it's updated through the years, yeah. but yeah, yeah, I feel like okay. this is the kitchen. It's the one that runs straight through to the end of the series at this that's, point. Okay, that's what I thought. Much. It just yeah. looks yeah. bigger in different angles. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. That's what she said. Ah, um, yes. me, 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 me. Uh, and Bobby and Ray are drinking coffee at the table, and Miss Ellie and Donna are making chili. And they're her, shooting the shit. Her, her famous chili. Jr.'s favorite. I assume. Mm-hmm. Talking about the the deal, and Bobby's actually being really supportive, saying, "I'm proud of you. I'm excited for you." But then Donna has to be a want 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 and say, "Well, I liked him better when he was just running the ranch." I mean, burn a man's bridge a little bit. I mean, right? Yeah, it should no, be given I, a little bit of a like a good attaboy. Way. I'm proud of you. Yeah, yeah, you're nah, right. And then she can be mad, but just give him get him an attaboy at first. It's right. like, oh, ego. No offense, Josh, but you know it is. She's, she's like stepping on him in a way, trying to so hold too. him down. Is she? Je- I don't think she's jealous, but it seems like it. But I don't think she's in reason to be. But it looks like it. It does seem like it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because at first I was like, okay, I understand. Like, he hasn't done this before. You're worried for him, whatever. He took $3 million. Now, right. He took $3 million from her. Um, and so, whatever. But it's doing well. And so, be proud of be, him, I guess. Be proud. That's what I was going to say. Just be proud. Be like, you know what? Yeah. I had my reservations, but you have done so great. Like, that's it. People, it seems like in this episode, people can't be proud of other people's successes. In any, yeah, anything, I don't think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
and that comes up later at the breakfast uh, by the oh, pool. Oh, I know what you're talking about. <laughs> we'll get there, though. Yeah. I, I don't want to jump it. We'll get there. We'll J- get there. Yeah. JR comes in, is, is rather surprised to find out that Jock is in D.C. and that nobody knew anything about it. He, he just has a weird look on his yeah, face. Yeah, it's almost like a phase where he thought they were talking about it before he walked in and he didn't know. But nobody knew. Yeah. But, I mean, right. that was, but it still, they still made it like a, you know. He's so, like super concerned. Like, yeah. Dun, like, dun, dun. But I don't know. Is something going on? A deal without me? You know. Right. Yeah. yeah. So we're all like, He's paranoid. He's paranoid. He he was uh, junior, junior. You were born paranoid. He, um, he, it's almost like that feeling like they're, yeah, they're like they're snickering behind his back, and then they all like, oh, oh, oh he's coming. Let's change the subject. <laughs> right. I mean, I would if, if I was Roger, but that's just me, you know. And then we cut to Cliff and me. Rebecca's, where, uh, or I'm sorry, they're at, Cliff and Rebecca. They're having dinner at she Rebecca's. She cooked for him. House. She's apparently a good cook. I put conversation, blah, 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 work, work. Because <laughs> he did all the... That's what I put. I mean, com- it is, yeah. Apparently, Cliff said that um, with all the Chinese he'd eaten, he could sail to China with uh, one of the uh, paper cartons. With all the so we have to drink because he's-, he's talking about Chinese well, food. Um, and Rebecca likes having someone to cook for and says her door is always open, and blah, blah, blah. And then he's all like, well... I can't. I probably not because I'm gonna leave Dallas. There's nothing, he and she's trying to talk him out of it. Which mm-hmm. is the, the she's like, can, "Have you tried to do anything?" And he's like, basically, like, "No, but I know I can't." So, ma. <laughs> he's acting like a dream. There are no he doors is. open to me because I'm an outsider, and the Ewings are blah 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 blah. It's- and it's like, Cliff, just op- try opening your own law firm. You're a fucking lawyer. Just open a door. Put a little shingle out. Anything. You know? Don't, yeah. Don't be a useless barnacle, Cliff he, uh, Barnes. Barnacle. But he also knows that J.R. Cliff is going to shut down like, everything he tries because he's J.R. So he's feeling defeated before yeah, he even but starts. He stays out of his way. Yeah, but if he stays out of his he way, is, why would he you care? Know, but why can't he just it's go a, be it, like a public it, defender? True, you know what I'm saying? Like, just go be a public but, defender. Well, let me put it this way, okay? It's like, Jr. just likes to fuck with people, you know, just just because he can. So, I, I bet I would not put it past Jr. to fucking go and like pay pay off the judge to, like, I don't know. He'd he would Take send he would fucking send an. Shoot down every yeah, single he case. He would send maybe. an innocent person to jail just to one up Cliff Barnes. You know he would, because he's an asshole. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, he totally would. He he would. Of course he would. But my my point is he hasn't even fucking does- try though. You know, let it Joe, happen once even. Yes, you're being. I know a baby. the defeatist. Jr. Like Jr. Messes with people like like when he drove that wedge between Donna and Ray the first time at that at that party. Yeah. He kind yeah. of was slipping the mm-hmm. seeds of doubt. Because she saw it. You're being a fucking... P- I'm in a mood tonight, guys. Sorry. You are. Nice. I'm, I'm like in this tirade. Okay. Right. <laughs> anyway, so it, she's trying to keep it. And this is the beginning of... You see her be, have these wheels turning in her head thinking, uh-huh. what can I do to help Cliff and make him stay and be a family? Blah, 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 blah. My question is, is he really planning to leave Dallas or... Does he know about Rebecca's shit and he's playing her? It's, I don't know. Okay, I didn't think so, but I think it, I think I can't remember in another scene, maybe in this episode. I think it seems like he's still like feeding that stuff to her. It's almost like he knows. 
but right, never been told that he knows yet. But something, right. it's weird. He's playing the poor card a lot, like the poor baby. It's kind of like yes. somebody else plays somebody else to try to get what they want later in the episode. You're making yeah. my brain hurt, but okay, I'll, I'll figure it out in a little bit. It yes. involves a helicopter. Jesus. Yes. It does, yeah. That's no, all no. I'm going to say. I know you're not. Okay. Yeah. So then we cut to Southern Cross. That is a dark establishing shot of the ranch. Yeah. I don't know is. who shot that footage. It, 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 and it's it's dinner time, but it makes it seem like it's the middle of the night with that. They all shot. eat really late there. Do y'all eat late? I said y'all eat late. <laughs> it does seem like it's a little bit later. They eat later than the the Ewings, and I think that there's a lot of like. This is how the Ewings do it, and this is how their fellows do it, and it's a little bit different, you know. True, true. And they they talk a little business at the table because they talk about Dave Moore from Galveston and the refineries and the and the uh, the, the horses that uh, Dusty would mm-hmm. wouldn't mind getting involved with. And Sue Ellen is bored out of her fucking mind. Yeah, all <laughs> <on> that talk. <laughs> She's the only female there, so she doesn't have that uh, any female companionship. Then I would, there's nothing else going on. Of. She's just, I, uh, I would live that shit up if it was only female. Why well, I am actually that actually sucks. Never mind. <laughs> Never mind. And then, and then she's like, "Well, hey, how about we go out to a movie, or we go see some music in San Angelo?" And then Clayton just puts the kibosh on that, and he's just like, "Nope, there is, we don't do that on weeknights around here." Mm-mm. Okay, that's what I have a question. Okay. You know, I love Clayton. And she, and she never touches dessert. Oh, yeah. She never touches dessert. <laughs> yeah. Of course she um, fucking doesn't. So I'm going to make this quick really quick. So just in your opinion, all of y'all's opinion, after I heard that, because I'm a Clayton fan. I'm a huge Me Clayton too. fan. So, but this is before we really knew Clayton. And this is before we really knew they were going to make him a regular on the show. Okay. So mm-hmm. in this moment, if you didn't know those other things, I felt like they were trying to almost kind of make him like a kind of a bad guy here like yeah. like maybe like he was gonna be the one to tear them apart like you don't know if we had never seen it we would never know i almost felt like they were trying to make him kind of like a like a mean dad like, the heavy i'm gonna be in charge like a like a jock like a you know what i mean i think they totally were they're trying to be like this is the jock of right but san angelo, san angelo. family that 10-foot-tall... San Remo County, where the Farlows... Yeah, San Angelo in San Remo County, where the Farlows are are gone. Yeah, what just bothered me, because I love Clayton, and it didn't seem like the Clayton that we know coming up. Yeah, it wasn't, yeah. They're feeling Clayton now. Adults now, and I'm thinking... But I'm just like, Dusty's how old? Dusty's like 35, and Dusty has um, a bedtime? (laughs) Okay. Yeah, that was weird. Does does Clayton... I still go to a concert... Right. Does Clayton then, read him a bedtime story, too? Well, okay, Clayton's like, don't overdo it. And she literally was like, let's go to a movie. You go to a movie, you walk into a place, you sit down for two hours. It's not like you're going out dancing all night. Plus, don't overdo it. What's he going to overdo? He can't even have sex. What He can't get his right. heart rate up. What is, what is he going to overdo? <laughs> right. Christ. See, uh, the, danger noodle doesn't, the danger noodle doesn't fly. I mean, he can't even walk fast enough to get it. Like, seriously, get it. <laughs> really he's going to hobble too fast? No. Yeah, I mean, shit. He's, he's going to move in one mighty hobble, as JR says. They're afraid he's going to trip down <laughs> the darkened aisle in the theater or something like that. As if Sue Ellen's not going to be right there. Oh, God. Uh, right. He's going to be like, I'm falling and, and I can't get up. I love this. And he's, he's going to embarrass himself in front of all the, all the movie theater goers. They can't see. But the, it'll be dark, so nobody will see. Exactly. 
Maybe <laughs> exactly. Maria will read him a bedtime story, The Maid, after she puts John Ross to bed for Sue Ellen. Maybe, maybe. Because yeah. Sue Ellen can't because no, I'd get, you know, a little too hot and heavy. So. But no, Sue Ellen uh, actually excuses herself to put John Ross to bed, and then she goes upstairs and she has that almost teary-eyed hug. Yeah. It's like she it, looks like sad. A, I don't think she's sad because she left JR. I think she's sad because no. she's like, I've broken our family up and it wasn't mm-hmm. like this there, but I love Dusty so much. It's like a, right. she's torn between maybe. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, and then cuts back to Southport. She hasn't, she hasn't, yep. she hasn't seen this side of their, uh, the Farlow's lifestyle. So she doesn't. Right. Right. She's just, she, she's adjusting. Yeah. And then yeah. it's dinner time at South Fork, and Ellie is talking to Jock on the phone. Okay. Never hears voice. <laughs> no. Sorry. Oh, I wonder why. <laughs> There's a little reason for that. Uh, minor detail. So we learn the State Department wants Jock to go down with some oil men to South America to help them get into the oil business. Business. Because there are some leases, uh, and it's an exciting opportunity for Jock to have a late-life resurgence in his revisit his wildcatting days and just kind of feel the throes of throes of youth once again. And try to act. Hopefully he doesn't demise of you. Hopefully he doesn't find another Joanna Lessing down there and start fooling around. But that's another story. And then he wants to talk to Jr. So yeah, while Ellie's filling everybody in on what Jock's doing. JR's on the phone. And then JR comes in like he's like somebody's been murdered. By a ton of bricks. Yeah. It looks like somebody's been murdered or he had the worst news of his life. It's daddy. Do we do we buy it, this thing? No, I think he's making it up to make everybody on his side that his dad's the one saying, get him back now. A hundred percent. Yeah. I, I almost I, I almost wonder <laughs> I, I almost wonder if they were kind of teasing us a little bit because in real life, we as an audience know at that point that Jim Davis had died, and we don't we don't know how they're going to write him off the show. So he comes in and he's like, "It's Daddy." What did did he have a heart attack and die on the phone or something like that? Yeah, or? I mean the way he said it, it did seem like it's something. Mm, yeah, yeah, but no, it's yeah, yeah. Daddy. It's almost like they're they're dropping they're like, with us. Oh, could this? Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're messing with us. Yeah, and yeah, they they're messing with us. That's more why they had Jr. act that way. When he came in the room, it was the writers and just the kind of taunting with the, the audience with the overdramatics of that scene. Yeah. This is one area to me where he won't, but Jock needs to stay the fuck out of it. It's none of his business. It's not his child. It's not his wife. Yep. Right. It's not either. It's true. It's not. And But here's my thoughts on it. As I think, personally, I mean, I can't prove it, but I feel like Jock said, like, what's going on? JR told him it's happening, and Jock basically says something like, You gotta get that kid back. And he embellishes JR is because he's the one that talked to his daddy, is yeah, trying, he's embellishing it to be like, Oh, you should be on my side because daddy is his idea that we need to do this. That's what I think too. And I wouldn't, I wouldn't put it past Jock to be like, Get, get them, right, them back. Like, not so much just the boy but like you know she ran out too like that's your woman you gotta get her but he's more all about john ross yeah hold your family together because hold your family together. it seems like jock places more value on marriage and miss ellie even though he's a chauvinist pig than jr does on sue ellen like that's that's where they differ like jock always kind of it's weird like he was he was like a, a fucking like i said fucking male chauvinist pig but 
at the same time, he also kind of let Miss Ellie call the shot sometimes. That's true. Yeah. Uh, he just didn't want to get that horse whip pulled out on him again. I was like, she's going to beat his ass, <laughs> I was about to say. Oh, yeah. Right. He was scared. Yeah. It was like when he, when she, when she came over to, uh, outside Julie Gray's apartment, and he asked if uh, she had that horse whip with her. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. Okay, so then JR's mad at the PI who um, has like gotten as much information as he could possibly get, but he's like, this place is like Fort Knox and it's n- locked down, and JR's pissed about it. And he's a fucking goober. <laughs> he is a goober. It's true. I mean, I was like, what, what the fuck? Yeah, he even used a telescope. I was like, you mean binoculars? No, a telescope. <laughs> he said a telescope. There's your first fucking problem. He did. I didn't even think that. I think about that. Somebody saw some beaver ass dick muncher out in the parking lot with a telescope on a He's sitting there right across the the road from the cheap sign to the Southern Cross Ranch with his binoculars at first. So is he going to like. Put the telescope outside right next to the car that's, and be Mr. Obvious. That's what I'm saying. Like, I, he, that's why he's not getting any info. Like, everybody's staying inside. Look at that dumbass fucker out there that thinks he's getting you info. Dumbass fucker. Let, let's all moon it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, everybody he was saw a, him. Oh. oh, yeah. He was as obvious as the one that Dusty had hired to follow Sue Ellen exactly. uh, when he was. She's like, he's like, boom, boom, boom. Okay, sorry. So. <laughs> JR calls Harry McSween. Yeah, he calls Harry instead. Get over here now. And it's done. Yep. Lucy comes home right. to South Fork. Did she uh, in the driveway? I didn't watch it. Because I, I was doing like three things at one time. No, because we were fo- we were focused on Ellie on her, her bike. Uh, no bicycle. Which we have to drink for. <laughs> Ellie and her stationary bike. It's the first time. Okay, drink twice for the bike and we're gonna pretend like she's And notice, notice it's the ro- it's the rotating it's the rotating stationary bike because it's not really stationary because it moves around to different places. Well, it's stationary while she's riding it. I know, but it's... And it just uh, makes me fucking laugh. You want to know? What do you... Oh, that's... <laughs> she's like, I realized I was out of shape when I was in Europe. <laughs> that's okay. She's trying, to, she's trying to drop that 10 pounds throughout this episode. I know. She's riding it like the whole time. It's so funny. Yeah, in the other scene, she's riding it while wearing a skirt. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yes. you know, that happens. Um, Ellie wants to talk to Lucy about Mitch and Lucy's basically like, you know, sometimes love isn't enough. And um Aww. which is kind of sad. It is Ellie's, sad, it made me sad. And Ellie says Ellie says she should have stayed in school. Okay, that's my name. And she confirms that she she confirms that she's not pregnant. She is. She's so. like, I like, I wasn't that dumb. I'm not pregnant. And she's basically like, and I think this is smart. Like Lucy's finally getting it. She's like, I could have stayed in school. It would have been something else though. Like it, it would like, be there's still just the way we're living, like, it wasn't going to work just because of how we both are. So, yes, there's nothing I can do. And I was going to say, I, I, want, want. I was, even though I think Mitch is kind of like a sissy pants about stuff, I was rooting for them because I wanted at least to actually find Mitch, Mitch the bitch. person. But, and this one thing, Josh already said this, but is it, she said, maybe you should have stayed in school and not become Miss Young Dallas. I actually put that's BS because, first of it all, is. I love Miss Ellie. I'll always say number one, Miss Ellie. But, from a woman's perspective, I was thinking to myself, you just put your granddaughter down. You can't be Miss Jones and be a wife. No. Guess what? It's somebody else's fucking fault, too. 
Do you know what I mean? It's not right. just her yep. choosing a career. Oh my God, I just got chill box with me. So fuck. See, I'm going to rant. I'm going to tolerate tonight. No, it's it's Miss Ellie. She she has bought into the whole patriarchy because she is a, like old I'm, school. Right. And I get that. And it makes me sad, Miss Ellie. I know. That mm, but you're wrong in this time. You're wrong this time. Queen Miss Ellie is, can be wrong occasionally. Okay. That's a new one. When Queen Miss Ellie it takes two. is definitely wrong, we need a drink. If she yeah. oh, like, like that, it takes, oh, it takes oh, two. I guess I gotta. It open takes two. The, no, I break. Right, right. Oh no! Goes, oh. oh nice danger. Danger noodle. And then we cut to the store, and Rebecca is worried about Cliff. And and Pam is like, yada, yada, yada. It's the same old shit <laughs> constantly, and I just can't with him anymore. This is this is number two. In the, the first time oh, I showed up at the airport, this is number two. But she's cracked. cracked. She's yeah. cracked. It's not Pam. People are it's not Pam. It. Yeah. I've been saying this for like six episodes. It, she, they are making you see her decline. It's little yep. subtle things, but after everything happens, you're going to be like, oh, shit. That's what happened. Right. She's... She, She's stopping caring about everything, and when she's stopping caring about Cliff, yep, that's what who she cares about a lot. Like, at what people need to be paying attention more yeah. because uh, they know this is not her. Something is wrong. Right, and she regrets turning uh, John Ross over to Sue Ellen. She she talks about like she, she wants to raise someone else's baby, and it's probably not the last time she, she wants to do that. She's not. And here's the thing: is like she was really mm-hmm. against raising anybody else's kid before. Remember, she was really anti-adoption. Mm-hmm. Like, that was a thing. She's like, uh-uh, no adoption. And then now, all of a sudden, she's just like, I need a baby any way humanly possible. Yeah. And you're like, oh. And funny yeah. was, she was all for taking John Ross to Sue Ellen because it was the right thing to do. It's her child. She's the mother. Now she thinks mm-hmm. it's wrong. Not because of that. She thinks it's wrong because now she misses John Ross and she's being selfish because she wants a kid. It's nothing to do with Sue Ellen. She misses John Ross. Right. And that's why. Right, she she wants she wants someone else. She wants that baby for her. She's being selfish, to raise. right? Yeah, she is. Yeah, yeah. And I don't think it's the last time she's going to want somebody else's baby. Right, Jimmy. Yeah, yeah. I don't know, I, Pam. I'm getting a little worried about you, girl. Just saying. You're, you're, uh, you're. You, she's boarding Ozzy Osbourne's crazy train. She is. She is. I, I actually said this is another step in her crazy. <laughs> and I have to say, there's a really bit awkward music cue in this scene that really bothers me. I don't know why. Because it's like, it's like silent, and all of a sudden they're like, dun, 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 dun. Did, did they mess something up in the editing and they just threw that mm. in to cover it because it was very weird. It was a bit. I know, it was, and I'm not an editor, and it was very weird. out of nowhere. Yeah, I don't okay. know what that was about. It takes it takes you out of the moment and just I know and you're like reminds you that reminds you oh wait I'm watching a show here right yeah it was it was distracting so distracting. that was a bad choice it was it was a bad choice okay yes distracting another another bad choice is McSween's checkered suit I don't like these checkered <laughs> suits that everybody wants. keeps I wearing think he's a cutie pie and I love him. Okay, I just, okay, just in this scene, and I was going to notice, like, I never noticed that hair. Maybe it's because I'm becoming an old yeah, lady now, because he was always an old man. And I'm like, he's kind of hot. No, he reminded my, he reminded my police officer grandfather when I, and today I was like, he's, you know, that's gross. It's like, incest. But back then, no. I didn't think it, but I honestly. Me either, because he was like a grandpa. And, and now I'm like, I'm like, I'm like, I might make out with him. And, he, and, he, and he's one, one initial off from a former uh, Motown singer. No. James L. Brown. What? His name is James L. Brown. Oh, you mean real name? I was going. No. I was going Mc- the actor's name. I was like Harry McSween. <laughs> How was that? What? Sorry, that took me a minute. Yeah. That took me a minute. Yeah, the uh, the actor is uh, James L. Brown. Okay. Well, I like okay. him. So. 
But yeah, he's kind of hot, and that's a weird. That's weird for me to say out dirty. loud, but I'm admitting it to you no, guys. I'm admitting it. I'm dirty is- saying it, but it's. I really, I'm like, oh, clean. Mmm, excellent. Oh, Disney shirt. I'll come mix. So he knows a lieutenant down in San Remo County in the San Angelo area that uh, he can connect with to try to get John Ross back. Consider it done, McSween says. And he says consider it done as soon as JR's like, it could be worth a lot of money for you. And he's like, okay, yeah, done and done. Yes, consider it done. I'm leaving this afternoon. Give me money. You said said dollar signs? I see dollar signs. Oh, yeah. Ding, 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 ding. Jackpot. So Bobby meets with a man named Jack. Jack, mm-hmm. about uh, something that will take a month or so to happen. Right. And okay, I just want to say, know, like, we don't know what. We don't know what. And I feel like all, Bobby has a lot of like secret little dealings. Like the construction and the shopping mall and the condominiums. And he's always like orchestrating little side things. We don't know what, like, we don't know about it till the last minute and he whoops it out. Look, check what I did. And uh, I don't know. Yeah, the whole Takapa, uh, the whole Takapa solution. Right. Yes, I can still hear Jr. No, he bought a refinery. <laughs> he was so he he was so pissed. He was so pissed. <laughs> he bought a refinery. <laughs> so pissed. I was gonna say really quick. Um, yes, secret meeting. You really don't know. Blah blah blah. I think that may have been we the shortest know. scene in Dallas history. It's so short. I yeah, want to start like, not even a minute because we we don't we don't know if it has something to do with his senatorial right, duties, some <laughs> committee he's on. We don't know if it has to do with you yeah, oil or what. Because the last one, the last behind the scenes dealing had to do with his subcommittee. Yes, Dick the solution to Takapa. Yeah. I am Takapa. Yeah. So we got to uh, South Fork pre-dinner drinks. Um, and everyone's gossiping about Lucy. Which I think it's kind of funny. Jr. always. I always thought there was something peculiar about that boy going into medical research. There's no money in that. Right. He's so. And then Bobby comes home looking for Pam, uh, but she's not down there because she's up in the room staring just at the ceiling in the dark. And I'm like, oh girl, I've been there, but that was more like. High school when I was sad about the boy and listening to the cure. You know? Exactly. And I look at her like she has crazy eyes more than ever. Not all the way. Mm-hmm. Telling you. And cue the Hollow Notes song Crazy Eyes. I'm just looking at you through those crazy eyes. I have crazy. Like we, we should have we should have music in the background, different songs if, queued up. If we could point. afford it, we would. <laughs> My God. We need a whole lot more Patreon supporters to get there. <laughs> I wonder if we just play it in the background and not really know we're playing it in the background. Mm-hmm. Under the radar. No, I've had I've had videos removed from Instagram at Fenway Park because they're playing um, Isn't that such Dirty Water in the background. Yeah, it's not bullshit. And You're I'm, like, just, what? I, I'm just doing a scan of the park and they're playing in the background and they go, your video has been taken down because so there's fun. music. Uh-huh. Um, so, and then Bobby, so Bobby goes up there and he's basically like, hey, so uh, we're going to adopt a kid, okay? Cool, cool. We're just going to, whatever. He's like, she's going off the train. I'm just going to get her a kid. So she snaps back to reality. Uh, it looks like she's about to climb off the crazy train because this seems to be what she wants. Yep. And side note for a second, um, this is exactly what my grandparents did when they adopted my mother. My grandmother lost a baby and went crazy and had to be institutionalized because she literally like, oh. 
went blind for a while, and so bl- literally you can go blind. Yeah. From tra- you can any like, anything can happen when it, you have a lot of trauma. Yeah, I guess she like lost her sight. All this stuff. So, is it like psychosomatic yeah, blindness? It was, and she was ho- oh. she was hospitalized and everything. And basically, my grandpa went to the orphanage and found a kid and adopted my four year old mother for her. Oh no, that's like. So anyway, back to the story. <laughs> I want to know where Rita Briggs is when we when like, a ba- we need a baby. Rita Briggs. Well, that kid would be like for now, but yeah. Oh, and I have Page, paging. I have more to say. About paging Talia. Paging Talia Balsam. Paging Talia Balsam. I have more to, a lot more to say about this okay. adoption thing when it comes up in a little bit, but I'm going to save it. Okay. Um, but instead, yeah. we we cut to Afton singing, which we have to drink for. She's singing about going to get you. Yeah, I didn't recognize this song, but uh, it, it's very early '80s, and um, we cut we we cut to the audience and we see Mitch there, and um, he's very noticeable because he's in like a white jacket, and everyone else is dark. He's in a white jacket, and his hair is very floofy and feathered. And he's dark. Floof, floof, floof. And Afton Ooh. congratulates her brother Mitchell yes. on his medical school graduation that he day. Graduated that day, yep. Congrats, Mitch. And then she starts singing about uh, a fool being a fool and <laughs> right. something. Yes. Uh, and that is- oh. I think all these songs, I, all these songs are directed all at Mitch. The, she's always directing her shit at Mitch. Yes, I love it. Milton sends over a bottle of champagne. Yes, Milton, the owner of the club, I believe, sends over a bottle on the house. And Milton, I water the drinks down. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and everyone at Mitch's table is super impressed with Afton. They're like, oh my God, like you, you have a, you didn't tell us you had a sister who sang. And then he's just like, oh yeah, well, you know, I never see her anyway. So it doesn't matter. Yeah. I'm, I'm actually doing something noble with my life instead of singing. I'm, I'm right. You know, I'm a poor pauper yeah. that's going to medical research. Blah, 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 blah. Um, and then Afton walks up after her set and talks to Mitch and he introduces her songs are very short. Her sets are very short. <laughs> right. Um, and she walks up to Mitch and then we see that it looks as long as her sex isn't short. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, uh. We see that Judy looks like Judy might be Mitch's date, which is. Mm. Um, and then she questions him about Judy and then he questions her about Milton and it gets a little intense for a minute. Yes. Right. And it goes into the whole pride and the money thing and blah, blah, blah. And she says, you have to figure out a way to take the money from those that have it. And I put, actually, I said, my exact words were, this is where you start to see the greedy, manipulative, yes, Afton. That stays around for a while before, and I think Princey, yeah. spoiler alert, we before do, we actually start to I like her. I start to like her better. In other seasons. Or I started to like her later. You didn't use the word gold digger. That too. Greedy gold digger, son of a bitch, manipulative yes. hoe bag. Is that good? Yes. Until. Oh, that's so special. special. And then we cut to breakfast by the pool. Yes. Everyone is happy about. Bobby and Pam's uh, announcement to adopt, except but for I JR. But I wouldn't said anything until after we went. Would you have? No. Okay. No. I would have kept the mouth shut. Bobby seems to be able to keep his mouth shut with his Senate land mm-hmm. deals mm-hmm. Uh, to, until the last moment. Why can't he keep his mouth shut about um, stuff with the family? Exactly. 
until he has he need you need more information you have to actually have the meeting learn what's involved go through all the process and then say hey we're we're on the list to adopt right and jr is like oh great we don't need another half breed floating around here he's an ass and then ray fuck you jr ding 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 and ray wants to get up and go at jr and miss ellie says what no is that? does your hack fit in your mouth or some shit like that <laughs> I was like, what? Yeah, Ray is Ray, just throwing out the half-breed term, uh, half-breed lingo here. Uh, no. And um, Miss Ellie, as forceful as she is, it, it, it's missing the whole jock cock coming between everybody yeah. and breaking everybody up. And uh, Punk arrives to say that the Lubbock deal is uh, selling like wildfire. And the only ones that don't seem happy about it are JR and Donna. JR is not happy about any. If anyone else is happy, JR is exactly. not happy. JR does not like other people's no. happiness. He's a party pooper. He feels threatened <laughs> by <laughs> other people's happiness and success. He does. He really does. And Don, Donna's not happy about the Lubbock deal going on. Well. Again. Yeah. Just fucking fuck People are not happy with other people's success. It's true. Not at all. What is it about these people? As Morrissey said, we hate when our friends become successful. Because we lose that sense of superiority and power over them. And we lose the attention. Yeah. Mm-hmm. JR is like the JR's like the little he's like the little child. Wait, wait, look at me. Look at me. Look at me. Look at me. He thrives on attention. Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. It's, the the only uh, only other place I see that is that annoying host Jimmy Fallon. He, <laughs> yeah. I would say that's true about Julie, Jimmy yeah. Fallon. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. But, um, so then we got to Cliff's. He's making omelets. Mm-hmm. Which they better get eaten before they that's get cold. That's true. And Rebecca is really concerned that neither Cliff nor Pam is very worried about worried about each other. And Pam was, and Cliff is like, well, yeah, because I am the only one that has any problems. <laughs> okay, she, she knows she can't have. She's just gonna have to deal with the fact that she can't have a child. I'm sorry. What do you have to say to Cliff? Fuck you, Cliff. I mean, for real. I mean, the, thank you. I mean, I, I just wrote LOL. Oh, Cliff. Because you can find a job, you motherfucker. She cannot have a baby. Like, right, those are what? huge different things. <laughs> like, oh my, one is like a lifetime it, thing. One is like, uh, it's like not apples and oranges. It's like apples and watermelons. Like, I mean, it's huge difference. <laughs> Jesus. Yes, you're correct. Go ahead, sorry. It's apples and figs, right. for God's sakes, or something like that. And as an aside, Cliff's trivet on the table um, has a C on it, and I thought that was adorable. Why would you not have a B? Right. It stands for Chinese food. Ooh, I like that. I like that, yeah. I'm going to go with that. Okay. Better. Yep. But still, that's so weird. Rebecca finally says she can't take this whole keeping quiet thing anymore, so she says that she has a company that her husband left her that deals with parts for companies that she doesn't know much about business and she'd like him to look at it and he's well i'm a lawyer but she says but you are very astute on uh business and you have a you have a mind that you can figure this out can you at least just take a meeting and just check out the? the so maybe he didn't know Uh, yeah guess what mama's a (laughs) multi-millionaire he didn't know that Like, and you can't really tell by her apartment, though, because she just has that apartment, and it's not too he flashy or anything. He didn't see her place in Houston. Most older people that Pam, right. yeah. Where did she stick all that? 
Did she sell all the furniture? Where did she stick all the furniture? I should probably fucking sold it. That was before storage. Yeah, it's in storage. Yeah. Cliff smiles at the end of this scene, and I, I just wrote that Cliff has a really nice smile. Or that he knows. <laughs> or he knows. I don't, I don't know. know. Yeah, like, I don't, I don't know. Ever He's know. either really. It's up for interpretation because he he either could just be really like taken aback and think that's amazing, or he could be playing her. I don't know. You don't know. Yeah. That's like that's like you just don't know. You don't know. Yeah. I don't know that we ever. End yeah, up I don't. Knowing. I I kind of like it's up for interpretation. Thank you. Yeah. But mine are kind of fucked up. But I do like You that. could interpret it one way. I could interpret right. it and another. And that's what makes it good. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Um, and then we cut to Southern Cross with Swellen riding a horse. And oh. it's a whole scene with Dusty lamenting um, his history with horses. And another ascot yes. of a different color from the previous. I kind of think like the horses is a little bit of standing in for fucking. Am I wrong? Oh, it could be like a. Hold up. Well, you know, they always talk about hung like a horse. Yeah, this could be so. like that. Horses are super sexual, I'm just saying. And now I see a horse. Yeah, because they have that like, giant appendage. You're like riding it and you're like, you know. <laughs> there, was an, there was an episode of South <laughs> and there was an episode of South Park where uh, Butter's character, Butter. his, he's doing the corsage and his horse kept screwing the other horses. <laughs> Nice. Right there, and you just see the giant thing go sliding up. Oh, in God. And he's like, no, no, bad, bad horse, bad horsey. Yeah, no. So anyway. So I, I definitely think it's. I think it's. Uh, I think it's a little tongue in cheek. We're talking about horses, but we're not talking about horses because he was basically like, "I wish you could have met me then." <laughs> I we. we we could have been married, and we could have rode the wild stallion. We could have been riding horses the whole time, baby. Crazy. <laughs> Wild horses. Do <laughs> the Rolling Stones. <laughs> and, she, and she promises. To, she promises to make it all up to him and never leave right. him. Yeah, because she literally oh. like she loved. I love this scene. It's so like adorable because like she really she just wants to be with him. She just wants to be with him and his energy and everything. And yeah, I like it. And and she's still looking fly. She, she's always looking fly. Mm-hmm. That's right. Okay, so now we cut to the Grand Lind Adoption Agency, where we found out there's a shortage of babies. Mm. I have a lot to say about this scene. Oh my god! Due to okay, unwed mothers keeping babies, birth control, and this, abortion, that, the other. There is a shortage of babies from, and I'm like, isn't that not a problem? Like isn't that good? Yeah. yeah. Well, that brings. It's like it's like when I read that domestic supply of infants bullshit that came out in the news <laughs> a couple a month or so yeah, ago. I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> because I remember that lady having the same conversation with Sue Ellen when she went into the adoption agency. Yeah. Right. And I'm sorry, and but what they mean is, and we're not saying it aloud. We're saying that there is not newborn white infants. That's what they're saying. That is what we're saying. Oh, There's plenty God. of foster and kids. To that, to that, I have to say, fuck mm-hmm. all of you. Yep. There's there's always going to be kids. There's always kids in foster care. There's uh, kids yeah. who have been taken away. My parents were foster parents. There's always kids who are abused, mm-hmm. taken away from their parents for several reasons, and need fucking homes. And you people who have money and a lot of love to, as Bobby says, we have a lot of money. 
well, use your money for something good then. Like, yeah. get a kid who has been through some shit, and you can, like, take that kid and give him a better life. Mm-hmm. Now, this this being a <laughs> Lily White show at the time, could you imagine Jr. if Bobby and Pam had a oh my child God. of ethnicity? Oh, he would have been a fucking asshole. He would have been a fucking oh. asshole. They never would have gone there in 1981, ever. Uh-uh. We we would have needed the damn Liberty Bell to <laughs> Jesus <laughs> to ring a chair. Oh my god! Yeah, for sure. Yeah, because he would have been full of trash, all trash. Oh yeah. Well, and- I still remember what he said to Sue Ellen. You know, I do want a baby, but it has to be our child, not somebody else's. So they learn it could be eighteen months or more. Right. You see Pam start to drift back. She starts to her. like freaking out, and and Bobby's She's, just like, oh god. She- She's about to climb back on the crazy right, train. Right, right, right. And so, yeah, they leave kind of like freaking out. They Basically, they find out it's going to take time, so then they're out. They're just like, oh, we can't wait. Which is like, okay, all right, guys. Well, don't – What in real life, what is the average time for adoption? I don't I – mean, You don't just walk in – you don't just walk into a baby and get a baby like a right. – like, Babies I don't know anymore, but my parents were foster parents in the 80s where it did. I know that it took, if you want, a newborn infant, um, which is what a lot of people want, it can take a long time. Um, if you are willing, if you're like, I will adopt a 14-year-old who's been living uh, in shit circumstances forever and needs a place then, you know, it, it can be right away. It can be like, oh, are you, can you pick them up at five? You know what I'm saying? So, And a lot, of, a lot of people in that situation really have to question themselves whether they can handle this person's baggage. Right, and that is another thing. Like, it, it's a whole thing. And then um, there was a big thing in the 80s also, and I know this because I have a lot of friends who um, were adopted from, like, Korea, you know, overseas oh. adoption. And I have a friend who actually adopted a South, South Korea. I assume I would North assume Korea. South Korea. Uh, I have I. Re, it's one of those things because a friend of mine did a whole documentary about it because he is a Korean docu, uh, adoptee, and about all these kids who they there weren't good records kept about them when they were born and trying to like find their families now and and I it's when I realized like oh I had a lot of friends kids from the seven born in the se- mid seventies were adopted to white families in America from Korea. And and even in a place like Ohio, birth records were sealed from a certain mm-hmm. during a certain time yep. period and only unsealed in 2015. Right, it's only recently and now of course you can find just take a fucking DNA test and you can find your family by so, yeah. yeah, and in my in my situation, uh, all I had to do when I was told that they were unsealed. All I had to do was request my original birth certificate from the state of Ohio, and they sent it to me, and there are your parents' names. My mom just got her original birth certificate a couple weeks ago. Oh, wow. She hmm. is 83, and she just got her original birth certificate and found her birth name. What was it? That's so... Really? That's so what is it? it? It was... Which is fun. Her name... or Her birth name was Betty Louise. Which my name is Mary Louise. Is not- <laughs> oh, isn't that weird? They it is weird. Wait, it's they really named her Betty and not like Elizabeth know. or anything. It's no, it's Betty. B e t t y. And then when my mom was adopted, they changed it to Bet. B e t t e. Bet. Like Bet. Yeah, Davis. like Bet Davis. So it's Bet May when she was adopted, but when she was born, her name was Betty Louise. Isn't that so- and she, 
she just found that out. And then we got the birth certificate and it had a father's name on it, but it's not her actual birth father. We know that because the we did the DNA test. Which yeah, yeah. Ancestry DNA, you know, uh, outs the truth. Mm-hmm. So... No, it's just weird. So she wasn't quite No, sure. that's great because I've always, to this day, I have always thought, I, I've always said Betty Davis and Bette Midler, and now I know that that is not correct. <laughs> oh, right. <laughs> They're spelled the same, Yeah, right? the same. And it's, it's whatever you go by. My mom actually in the 50s went by Betty, even though it was B-E-T-T-E. And then once she... And I've, then always, she I've always called her Bette Davis. I always it's, called her Bette Davis. Yeah, it doesn't matter. But... Anyway, I don't... Moving on. But then we cut to JR. He goes to the office, and McSween is there. Oh, wait. Drink, drink, drink. He pulls up to the front of the office. Did he? Oh, I missed that. Shit. Okay. Right. Sly is looking nice with her uh, long hair and her... her uh, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and he has... So McSween has bad news. He's basically like, hey, the Farlows have as much power where they are as you have power in Braddock. And there's no way that we can get in there because nobody wants to mess with them. That's so funny. You couldn't even get in there with an army. Right. Well, and how about a Trojan horse? How about a Trojan horse? Mm. Okay. And this is where you talked about Cliff, whether he, we know whether he knows about his mother and he's trying to manipulate her into now JR is going to manipulate mama into being his pawn. <sighs> And Trojan horse. Uh huh. I don't like it. I don't like it at all. I'm just gonna say it. I feel like there's just don't, just like don't know. Um. So then we cut to Ellie is on her stationary bike again. Drink. God Almighty. She and it's it's fun. now been moved. It's now been moved to the porch. Yeah. She's gonna gone from the pool to her, the porch. Her, her Who the fuck is yeah. moving this shit for her? It's not light. Raul. Of course, it's Raul. Because Ra- Raul uh, under that. Butler uniform is probably like ripped. ripped. And oh hell yeah, he's like a romance uh, novel cover. Like Antonio Banderas. He's like yeah. ripped open his shirt, and it's just like his all of a sudden his hair starts blowing in the breeze. Jesus, Raul. <laughs> oh my god, give me that fan fiction. I want. Oh that my one. god, <laughs> with McSween. Okay. Oh. Um, so Jr. comes home in the afternoon, and Ellie's like, "Oh, you're home early," and uh. He, and then he like puts on a whole show for her. He's just like, yeah, I just wish I knew how John Ross was. Oh, jeez. Oh my god. And she she falls for it, and I hate it. Ugh. She falls for it. Ugh. She falls for it. Hook, line, and she sinker. Hook, line, and does, sinker. Because and then he's so good at manipulating her, and I hate it. Uh, and then he's like, she's like, oh well, maybe I could, you know, go see how. John Ross is doing, and he's like, you know, well, I bet if you called her personally, she would be all about it. And you know, you could take the helicopter too, off the top of my head. So she's the Trojan <laughs> horse, then. She's totally the Trojan. It's like, Trojan oh, we're horse. we're just gonna yep. we're just gonna use. Unlike the Trojan, we're condoms. just gonna use our mother to kidnap thing. our kid. Why? Nothing to see here, folks. Yeah, why, yeah, why not? You know, uh-uh. yeah, whatever. Then we got to Pam having nightmares, of course. Bobby in his bathrobe oh looking out the God. window. Why isn't he Pam trying to sleep? sounds like she's having a fucking <laughs> orgasm. Does she not? Does she? I thought the same thing. I thought it was just I me. I put in my notes, Pam, you, you, you good? <laughs> just having a sexy dream. I know. Maybe she's, having, maybe she's having a dream that she's getting pregnant and it's sticking. Like, 
God. this time and going past the three when months. When Sue Ellen had a nightmare, we did she need a we fucking knew she thing? was having a nightmare because <laughs> she was screaming, <laughs> like not in a good way. <laughs> Pam is and Pam's she's like, moaning. Oh, 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 Victoria, I need to know why. Right, Victoria, we have some questions. Why? Why that? Pam, 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 you need to take that battery-operated device and send it down to Sue Ellen and Dustin. Yes, send it to me. No, I, I really, I'm curious now. I want to know why she played it like that instead of like it was. She was being dramatic. Yeah. Oh, yeah, man. but yeah, I'm so fascinated well, I, I now. I expected her to sit up in bed and smoke a cigarette. <laughs> <laughs> One drag needs I mean, another. I mean, yeah. Come on, guys! I, like for real, there there's sounds you make when you're like in distress, and then there's sounds that you make when you're fucking coming. So, <laughs> truth. Hashtag truth. And you know, yep. sometimes, I, you know, we're just not gonna go there. No. <laughs> Tell us more, Melanie. She needs a nip rope. Okay, so another thing that I like to point out in this scene is that Pam is wearing full makeup. And I'm like, girl, white wash your makeup off before you go to sleep because it's not good for your skin. She's wearing It's gonna get all over your She's wearing full purple eyeshadow in this scene. Full purple. And that is not good for your pores. Not good for your pores. Just go do a little like wash it, put a little moisturizer on before you go to bed. Just just you know. The same. Yeah. So she he gets her back to sleep and then Bobby goes, um, downstairs and we can see the railing in the hallway and a painting on the wall very briefly before the door closes. I could see the painting. I didn't see the railing though. Good call. So now Miss Ellie is too excited to sleep and she's making some cocoa. She is, which like that has caffeine in it because it's chocolate, but okay. Yeah. Ellie, you're taking um, warm milk to an extreme here. It, it kind of gets canceled out when you start chocolate putting the chocolate it, right, in right, it. Right. But I mean, hot cocoa is delicious. So whatever. Yeah. And she's like, she she has some reason. She's just like, hey, I know two years seems really long to you right now, but it's really not. And it is really not that long. And it would fly by. And Bobby's kind of like, mm, I don't think we have two years. And I feel like if that's the case, if you don't think because of her mental health you have two years, take her to a fucking doctor, Bobby. Uh-huh. Or the love of God. And where's that sanitarium that Sue Ellen was in? Um. I don't. <laughs> right. I don't think she needs a sanitarium. I feel like she needs at least like a, a therapist at something. Just talk to somebody professional who can help. If Sue Ellen, if Sue Ellen were cray cray like that, Jr. would have had her locked up immediately and right. Moved on. I totally would have. But like, this maybe some yep. like low dose antidepressants, maybe something with some talk therapy. I feel like it could have done wonders. Uh-huh. And we also learned that Lucy was a stubborn child, and That's, now she's a stubborn adult. That doesn't adult. surprise me at all. Nothing about that surprised me. Yeah. Yep. Miss Ellie loves having just yeah kids around. And, yeah. yeah, she does. So then we cut to a helicopter landing at Southern Cross. Oh, I want to go back. Oh, okay. One, I didn't bring yeah, this. Okay. I didn't go bring this up uh, when Ellie goes and she she calls information to ask for the number for the Southern Cross Ranch. Does she? I didn't catch um, that. Yeah. Don't some people keep their numbers private? They 
would it be unlisted? Maybe. Especially a place like the Southern Cross, which is armed and has guards all around. Maybe, but maybe not too, because I mean they're pretty public figures. So I don't, I don't know. I guess obviously not because she called him. Was that earlier in the episode? Yeah, that's when she called originally. uh, Yeah, to set up the visit. Yeah, I just found that a little funny. Her calling information, asking for the number for the Southern Cross Ranch. But I feel like people didn't worry about privacy uh, then. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? The person on the other end. Oh yeah, let me just punch Southern Cross Ranch. Wouldn't you say Farlo in? San Angelo? You uh, would, but, you know, we're in Dallas land. <laughs> yes. Where the Ewings are the center of everything. Dallas and land. No one else in the city Dallas exists. Land. Unless they serve the purpose of the Ewings, the rest of the city doesn't right. exist. Okay, so a helicopter lands at Southern Cross. Um, and Sue Ellen and John Ross Arm, are so excited gar- to see Ellie. Armed guards everywhere. Armed guards fucking everywhere, because they don't trust it for a second. With good reason. <laughs> yeah. Um, everybody's excited to see everybody else. Like Sue Ellen and John Ross are excited to see Ellie. Ellie's so excited to see them. And then the dragon comes off the helicopter. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Once JR, like everyone's excited and then JR steps out and then it's just like super awkward and everybody's on edge. Like, and Ellie oh. says that she, she didn't know, she didn't know that he was going to, it just came up this morning and it's like, no, JR knew what he was doing. Yeah, Everybody along. seems to like know what's happening except Ellie who's just like in the dark. She's just like, oh no, it's fine. It's JR. It's it's fine. Uh-uh. But, oh, Ellie. Never. And, and this is this is where Clayton and Ellie meet for the first time. It is, it is, it is, and I love it. And yeah, he introduces himself to her. And she's all like she starts being all like my husband, blah blah blah, thinks this. And Clayton's like So it's a it's a little adversarial in a way. It is a little bit. I feel like Clayton tries to diffuse the situation by being like, like I, like I know you think this. I think the other way because of these reasons, and neither of these things are our place. They have to figure it out, and we'll let them figure it out. How about that? It's between Stephen and right. Jr. And and Ellie kind of looks at him like, okay, that makes a lot of sense. <laughs> yeah. They're grown adults, right. and like, oh, yeah. they should be able to deal with their crap right. themselves. I think she's like, okay, okay, I can I can deal with that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've known situations where people, I, I've seen it here, there are people that, they're grown adults, they're over 18, mm-hmm. they should be able to figure out their crap themselves, right. but then their parents go and get involved and start making decisions and stories and just taking over the entire situation and it's not it's their not place. Life. Your people are your people are over 18. Mm-hmm. Let them deal with whatever they need to deal with. It's or not 18, your damn they're business. They're over 40. <laughs> Let them deal with it. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean if if someone came up to me and started blah 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 blahing about something that I was dealing with with somebody else that was an adult, I would and it, I'd say I'm not going to discuss this with you. I'm going to discuss it with this person directly, and that's none of your mm-hmm. business. So Clayton made a good, very he good did. point. I liked it. He spilled yeah. a reason, that man. Yep. He he redeemed himself from the from the uh, bedtime thing. Ste- yeah. Stephen's bedtime, mm-hmm. and we're going to read Goodnight Moon, Stephen, and then I'm going to tuck you into bed. <laughs> Goodnight, cow that jumped over the moon. Um. So then Jr. is like, "Hey, I'm going to make you a deal. I'll divorce Sue Ellen right now if you give me John Ross." Oh, okay. And they're like, eh, maybe pass. And they're like, uh, 
what you normally say to JR. Right. Well, they just kind of like, <laughs> yeah, we're going to take a big pass on that, JR, because that doesn't make any sense. Because we have the upper hand, and we know we have the upper hand, so back off. And he doesn't like that. Then we cut we cut away from there to the Wentworth Tool and Die uh, trustee meeting, where this old guy reminds me of John Houseman, oh. who used to do the Smith, Smith Barney commercials. He's very stuffy, yeah. and he's like... Well, here we don't do things that way. John Houseman, he was the on s- Silver Spoons. Yes, he was. <laughs> uh, we don't do things that mm-hmm. way. He's, he's um, I don't. I don't believe that oil derricks are going to be a thing of the future for oil companies to dig oil out of the ground. Uh, we are very comfortable with not expending a lot of money here. Yeah, they're basically like, we don't take chances. <laughs> we just... Keep, we just keep making money, and it's an we play it. It's safe. an even safe amount of money. Everybody's making money. Everybody's happy. It's even keel. Um, and and you notice, except for Dorsey, everyone seemed like a stuffy old person on that. Yeah, trust totally, board. totally. Yep. And then Cliff, he was he was the the old guy that was talking a lot was very comical. I just kept laughing at him, like he was some stereotypical. Stuffy upper crust uh, Today dinosaur. Today we call him a boomer, but back then, I mean, it wasn't a boomer. He was a uh, no, no. Uh, who does an old who does he remind yes. me of? Uh, I don't know. I went with John Houseman. Yeah, the voice the, vo- the voice you were doing. I was like, uh, who who does that sound like? Here at Smith Barney, we don't make our money the old. We make our money the old-fashioned way. We don't steal it. We earn it. Right. <laughs> and um, Cliff is basically like, okay, you could do that, but that's stupid because you could be making a fucking ton of money right now by just simply doing this thing. And they're like, oh, well, I'm not sure that we're going to do that. And then Rebecca is kind of like, okay, well, maybe we should do that then. Ha- the- Y'all fired. Bye. <laughs> Trustees, you're out. Yeah. The family is going to run the company, and Cliff is like, family? Yeah, like, Wait, what? Well, Come again? <laughs> we'd like to make you president. Well, can I take my mother out for the pres- the owner out for uh, lunch on the company expense account? Mm-hmm. Right. He's <laughs> like, oh, all right. Okay. Well, hmm. I, guess I, I guess I will accept. So, so now Cliff has left politics and law, and now he's going to be running a company that deals with parts for oil derricks and drilling. This is a big turn in so Dallas. That, that brings him into the oil it does, business for the first time. Who who else is in the oil business? We have a couple of other characters on the show. The Ewings mm-hmm. have a little company, and Jeremy Wendell what? is part of the eighth largest independent company <laughs> in the world. What? I've never heard that before. <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> Oh, so funny. Okay, so then we got to the final the scene. Final scene. So, oh, so they're all there, and then all of a sudden, the helicopter starts, and and Jr. is tossing the little rubber ball further, further, away further. towards the and gate. And everybody's like, "Wait, wait, what's happening?" It's almost like it's happening in slow motion. Everyone's just kind of like turning their head, like, "What?" And then he just kind of basically like throws John Ross and Miss Ellie's arms, and she's like, "Wait, what's happening?" And he's like, "You take them, run to the earth, the helicopter. They're they're they'll, they'll shoot, shoot me. me. They're not going to shoot you." And she's just like, "Uh." And she's so I feel like she shouldn't be 
this taken aback by what's happening, but she really is. And it's just another low down chapter in the life of J.R. Right. Ewan. And she's so confused. About, her son is telling her to watch, run and he's like, do that basically like do this for me. And so she's like, oh, what? Okay. And then Sue Ellen is like, starts crying and running after. And she's like, Miss Ellen, no. And she's just like, Oh God. And she's just back and forth and she doesn't know what to do. But ultimately she does the right thing. And she, he belongs on South Fork, but not this not way. Not this way. Right. This is the wrong way to do it. This way. Oh, no. Walk, no, walk this way. And, I'm sorry. Uh, Clayton, the voice of reason, it was just like, Ellie, let the courts decide. And she's like, let the court, Ellie, let the courts decide. And, and, and she just kind of looks at him like, like, Ellie's always like, oh, yeah, that's the guy. That's the voice of reason. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. So then she goes against Jr. and he gives him back to Sue Ellen. And Sue Ellen is like absolutely. And they're all left stick. Begging, please, Miss Ellie. Yeah. And then Ellie apologizes. She's like, "I'm sorry." That's like mother's desperation right there. Oh yeah, your kid being taken away from yeah. you. Yeah, so scary. He, Ellie, fu- fucking like I think that's when she she realized that Jr. had used her. Like as if he wouldn't. Uh-huh. She was like, "Son of a bitch." Right. I I don't want to be at South Fork when they are on that helicopter after they fly away. The conversation on that. Can you imagine? Burr, Ellie is going to be burr. so pissed. And, and uh, don't fuck with Belle, Ellie at all. Mm-mm. She's taken horse whips. She's yeah. pulled shotguns out of the hall closet on uh-huh. reporters. Yep. She told She's told her son and husband that they both sicken her. <laughs> and she wasn't wrong. No. No. So I'm going to give this one 4.45 bourbons and some nighttime purple eyeshadow. So this is like my worst score of the of this thing. I'm giving it a 3.65. And it's because I just don't think anything happened. I don't think anything happened in this whole episode. I know that's awful. I call I call episodes well, like this table center mm-hmm. episodes. Where they... Okay. 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 <laughs> Okay, you're, you are twisted armed at a 3.75. Let's change it. But I was debating on whether to give it a sexy Harry McSween, <laughs> McSween or Cliff the baby poo-poo head. Okay, so we're just going to say, I think I'm going to go, I, I love McSween. I'll use him on another episode. So let's say Cliff's baby poo-poo head. It, in a lot of ways, it was, there was some table setting going on in this episode. There really episode, was, but yeah. It, it, um, it's funny how a lot of people will say, oh, all this stuff, you know, it's not based around. And you, all these bad things can't happen to the same people. And I came up with a term. It's called compressed reality. They take a lot of the situations in reality and they just compress them into True, one but like people. Sometimes that many bad um, things. Have you ever heard of the Kennedys? Sometimes bad things really do happen to a lot yes. of the same people. <laughs> oh, God, yeah. Yes, they do. <laughs> uh, let me think. Um I'm going to go with a 4.5 because there's some good table setting and uh, a flight to South America. Oh, nice. That's good. Yeah. Melanie? I am going to, I'm going to be a little more generous than, <laughs> than poor Sarah. 4.25. <laughs> and I would like some of Rebecca's home cooking, please. Oh, nice. Yeah. 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 Mm. Good. Awesome. Good. Well, um, thank you everyone for joining us. You should check out all of our um, links, which I'm not going to list because you can just go to your show notes and that's much easier. 
Um, a lot of people actually have been joining our Facebook group lately and our Instagram. I'm not sure what happened, but I feel like all of a sudden there's a big surge of people and I'm so excited for it. So thank you everyone who's doing that. It, it makes it more fun for everyone. Mostly us. I've, I've been creating secret accounts and just, and next week we'll be talking about the episode little boy lost and, um, an appearance by an actress named, uh, Suzanne Cupito. Oh, <gasps> from the movie, the birds. So stay tuned to figure out. She was also her birth name is Suzanne Cupido. She was also in yours, mine, and ours, the original one with Lucille Ball and Henry Fonda. Was she? She, was. she played Louise. Yes. No. <laughs> Speaking of, I Louise. know I've seen that, but and not since I was a little kid. So she was Ron Howard's girlfriend on the Andy Griffith Show. So who is this person? And she? stay tuned. Damn. Yes, okay. I didn't. I did not know that one. I knew the birds. I knew the birds though. That's all we're going to say about oh that. Oh my God, I'm so excited. I'm so excited. Okay, thank you, and um, we will see you next time. Bye. I'll see y'all later. Bye, y'all. Y'all come back now, you hear? Victoria, I have questions, okay? Was it pleasure or was it pain? Or maybe both. <laughs> Leave that part in. <laughs> Leave that part in, Mary. Or maybe both. <laughs> sometimes it's both. I'm just saying, sometimes it's both. <laughs> Next on Dallas. You really think there's a chance you can lose John Ross? I wouldn't be trying to get him back if it weren't for you. Perhaps if you had a child of your own, you'd have left mine alone. You say something like that again, I'm going to take you apart. I wouldn't be too confident that the court will decide in your favor. Then I am willing to prove that he is unfit to be a member of the human race. J.R., what is it? My custody hearing is tomorrow. Pamela? Dr. Danvers, this is Baba Ewan. Something's wrong with Pam. Really wrong.